Welcome to the B-Side Podcast, dedicated to country music and concert junkies. Your hosts, Stacy and Andy Best, take you behind the scenes and introduce you to the amazing fans and team that support your favorite country artist. You'll meet the talent behind the talent and hear their contributions to your live country concert experience. We're glad you're here and hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the B-Side Podcast. Today, we're excited to be chatting it up with Menon. He's a Nashville singer-songwriter and heartache on the piano. In fact, he played keyboard for Jared Neiman and opened for such acts as Kenny Chesney, Toby Keith, and Rascal Flatts. So welcome. Thank you so much, Menon, hey, thank for you. joining for us. Joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is yeah. fun. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I thought we'd kick it off just by talking a little bit about how we were lucky enough to stumble upon you and and find (laughs) you uh, in Nashville. So my husband was uh, in in Nashville for work, I think late last fall. Is that right? Okay. So he comes back and tells me about this cool band he saw at Kid Rocks, and I didn't I didn't think much about it. And we were back around the holidays. Our our anniversary is at the end of December, so we're there around New Year's Eve, and we're walking by Kid Rock, and he said, oh my God, we got to go in there. I see that. They're <laughs> playing that band I was telling you about. So we went in, and you had your guitar going, and yep. you were playing Queen, and I uh, was yeah. freaking out. It was so, <laughs> so <you>. good. <laughs> so amazing, and we've been stalking you ever since, and um, as a matter of fact, just last week when we were in town, we looked all over social media and we couldn't find where you were playing. Oh, yeah. And so we kind of gave up. And then we happened to be at Kid Rock and we were like, you know what? With everything that's going on, let's social distance ourselves and, and go up to the top floor, up to the rooftop. <laughs> so we went up there and it was, I mean, barely anybody was up there. Yeah. And, you know, it was a great band playing, but we thought, you know what? Let's go ahead and check out something else and this is probably going to be our last time out for a really long time and it will be yeah Uh, but then we started to leave Benan and you walked through the door like Uh, I almost ran into you (laughs) and I said I said everybody back it up we are going back in we are staying here for the rest of the night and we did hold the fort yeah (laughs) that's right oh that's awesome yeah yeah <laughs> and we wanted to talk to you, but you guys don't take a break. You just play no, we and don't. play and play. Yes. Yes. I hate that about it. Yeah, she was dying. She's like, I want to go up and give him my card and, <laughs> and talk to him. But uh, as the night went on, I was like, oh, he's not stopping. Yeah. He's not yeah. stopping. No, yeah. Instagram message is a good way. Actually, sometimes people send those after they see us. And it's it's really one of the best ways for us to meet people that come see us because really we don't have a chance to interact with the crowd like on a one-on-one right. level at all yeah so tell us about yourself and where you're from and who is Benan okay well well we'll start with I grew up outside of Chicago in the southwest suburbs my dad's a scientist worked for Argonne Labs out there and uh, my mom's a music teacher she teaches piano outside from the house and so I actually grew up all afternoon after school. There was always piano playing in the house. I started probably at four years old playing piano. Actually hated it because I was forced to do it as a kid. But once I reached junior high school and realized I could play any song that I wanted if I spent enough time on it, and I started singing from the piano in junior high school and 
started singing Billy Joel and Elton John. And that's when I realized that I loved it, especially once I started doing it for friends and they loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and just it changed my life once I realized I could actually uh, perform whatever I wanted and learn what I wanted, play what I wanted. Started improvising music and all, writing music and all that. Uh, went to college for music ed. Was performing though, still all along in college and cover bands and writing and recording songs. And after college, I taught high school choir for a few years outside of Chicago in the suburbs again. But that position actually got cut to part time. I was a non tenured teacher in the in the fine arts department and budget cuts and everything, so I was cut to part time after two years of teaching high school choir and decided I was going to go try and perform instead of working part-time and not really. So I actually got a job at a dueling piano company. I don't know if you've been to any dueling piano bars. Yes. Um, But I really built up my performance chops in the dueling piano world for Howl at the Moon. Uh, Started in Chicago. They sent me to Indianapolis. I did a maternity leave at a, at the same school district that I taught at. So I went back to high school choir for a little bit but then I decided that I really loved performing so that's when I came down to Nashville at that time I knew I wanted to perform full-time and I knew Chicago didn't really have a huge music scene um, because I was in a indie rock band there so I I kind of got the feel for the music scene in Chicago and just there wasn't much there not a lot of support people going to see major acts but not really local acts Um, nothing like Nashville Um, I decided I was going to move to either L.A., Nashville, or New York, one of the big music hubs. Uh, I was going to visit all three, but after visiting Nashville, I fell in love and just moved here. I didn't even go go look at the other (laughs) two. Understood. Um, Because Nashville is just super unique, and I talked to a few musicians, and um, they were super encouraging, and that still is the case. The music, All the musicians in town support one another, encourage each other, and there's just a lot of opportunities to play. Yeah, definitely um, a lot of opportunity to play. And it, it, you no know, kidding. some of the things that we're going to talk about probably later on in this podcast, it's amazing how everybody comes together in times of need down there in Nashville. It's been Absolutely. phenomenal kind of watching it from our end, a little bit from the outside looking in, but you're totally correct. Is uh, yeah. It seems like every musician knows everybody. They all want everybody mm-hmm. to succeed. And totally, certainly there's a plethora of places to play and to – to show off your talents, much like how we found you guys, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's great. I mean, in, in Chicago, the music scene's a little bit more cutthroat. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really support the other acts because they're, it's almost like they're the competition, which having been in Nashville for so long now and, and just getting used to this music scene, it doesn't make sense. You know, there's, a, there's room for everybody in right. the music world. And, and you guys, and people pull each other along. You know, someone is find success and they bring their friends along for the ride. They bring them on stage. They write songs with them. They record with them. So it's, there's no reason that we can't all be all in this together. Well, how old were you when you decided to go to Nashville? When was that? Uh, 25, 25. Yeah. And you were married at the time, correct? No, actually I I had a, a girlfriend that I was dating in Chicago and the move is probably what ruined that relationship. <laughs> That's a tough uh, one. But I'm so glad I, I met the most perfect woman here for me on, on Tinder. <laughs> and, Love it. Uh, and we we moved quick. I mean, I I'm, I met her, and then I got the road gig. 
And so I was gone every week, three, four, five days a week. So anytime that I was in town, we were spending it together. But I was always, you know, always staying with her and crashing at her place. And we moved in together quickly, got engaged even, you know, soon after that. And moved on real quick and got married and bought a house. And now we're having a kid. So. Oh, congrats. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. amazing. I didn't Thank know you. that. Very cool. Yeah. So I have to go back. So you moved to Nashville. And it sounded like you got on tour pretty quickly then, huh? With Jared Neiman. Yeah. Is that how it worked? Yeah. I, so, uh, that sounds crazy to me. <laughs> like the timing sounded right great. I got the town, like I get my first gig right away. Well, it's just a matter of who I met when that's really what it is. I I was a tour I got a job as a tour guide at the Fontenelle Mansion, which was Barbara Mandrell's old old house. Wow. Oh, wow. And, and uh and I was also playing Broadway. I I ended I got on Facebook like right away right when I got to town there's this group for musicians Nashville gig finder and I hopped on there and I made a post new keys player in town I sing I play I can be the front man I can be a harmony guy whatever you want and uh, started getting gigs right away I think it was like about six years ago almost there weren't as many players maybe there weren't as many keys players as well I was walking up and down the strip and didn't really see too many keys players on Broadway. Now I see them all the time. So I'm not sure that it would have worked out as well if I moved to town now for me, but I got started getting gigs and somebody else got a job as a tour guide. He didn't really stick around. I don't think he liked being a tour guide at Fontenelle, but he was the keys player for Kelly Pickler and had played with a number of, a couple of other artists, Colin Ray and all these other people. And he got a call about Jared Neiman needing a keys player. And he said, you know what, I'm happy with, with Kelly Pickler, but uh, I've, I've just met this guy and he'd be great for it. So he recommended me and I went and auditioned for the Jared Neiman gig based on that one recommendation. Wow. And got the gig and toured for a couple of years, uh, learned a ton about the music industry. Tell us about that. So what was the, the tour life like and being on the road and how was it? Uh, fun and tiring and i got to see a lot of the country which was incredible jared's a great guy loves to party i don't know if you listen to his music at all but he yeah he's, we've actually he's seen not, him in concert yeah we yeah. have yeah. he's not lying he'll you know, he'll <laughs> that all night, you know? <laughs> in his songs um so it was fun i mean I formed a, a bond with a lot of musicians and and uh music related people that I toured with because we we lived together in in the tour bus setting like basically was our second home you know traveling around along and I think there was 12 bunks and like 10 of us on on there so we had a, a couple of junk bunks I'm trying um, to think how many bunks, bunks on top of each yeah. other and how long that goes behind the bus 12 bunks it's but I mean, it eventually starts feeling like a lot of the same, you know, you know, the cities start blending together yeah. Um, because it's the same, same kind of thing. You get off the bus in the afternoon, sound check, set up, go eat some dinner, go play a show, get back in the bus, fall asleep, wake up in a new city, you know, same thing over and over again. Mm -hmm. And with, with Kelly and I talking about starting a family, it was, and I was coming out with original music and my own, my first record, I decided to get off the road and see if I can find some work in town and was doing dueling pianos and 
I actually did some construction for a little bit. And then I, and then Taylor and I got this, this Broadway gig. Taylor and, and Seth, the guitar player, met uh, Bobby Kid Rock at a party. And uh, Bobby said, put a band together and I'll get you guys playing at my new club. And <laughs> really? Seth, Seth was also a tour guide out at Fontenelle with me. <laughs> Get wow. out of here! <laughs> but this is but this is like four years late, three years late, four right. years late, or something like that. After we were tour guides, and and Taylor was actually a maintenance guy at the Fontenelle. <laughs> what is the deal with the Fontenelle? It sounds like it's at the place well, to work. It's just, well, it's just how, it's just how the three of us knew each other. Yeah, and, and so that's when Seth gave me a call because um, they needed to put a band together. They were doing acoustic shows, Taylor and Seth, and so Seth put this band together, called around, and. It's worked out great, but we love playing there. Yeah. yeah. You guys are phenomenal there. Um, it, yeah. it, it's you. really something Thank to you. see. Thanks. And it's, it's something it's different, I think, when we go see you guys, particularly on that main stage. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah we it love, is like a rock concert. Stage. Yeah, For it's sure. like a rock concert. It is. And we, when we were there in December, it was packed. Oh, yeah. And then Taylor got up on the bar, and then you're wailing, and <laughs> yes. it was yeah. it, and everyone's singing every word, and it is just so much fun. It's it was, so fun. So I had a sales meeting to kind of go back to the beginning of how I first stumbled upon you. I, was, I had a sales meeting down there, and, and a lot of my guys, we go to Nashville a lot. So yeah. I said, we got to go to a couple of these bars. We went out, and most of them haven't really been in Nashville, maybe once or twice, but not really hanging out. And that was the night we ran into you guys. And they're yeah. all standing there with their jaw open like, oh, so now I know what you're talking about. Like, I'm telling you, it's legit. It's like crazy. Yeah. So it was really cool. But going back to when you came to Nashville and you got the touring gig, um, I'm assuming getting on tour with somebody really was, wasn't really your main focus when going down there. It sounds like. No, actually really, it was. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When I moved there, I wasn't totally confident as a front man or as a lead singer, in fact. Um, <clears throat> that's actually relatively new for me. It started by working with Taylor and these guys. When they brought me on to even play with Taylor, I was just going to be a keys player, and I was in the, in the back of the stage where Seth was playing guitar, where Seth plays guitar now. Yeah. That's where I started, no, and then I no, started no. singing. And then I started singing, and I was like, like my little um, uh, figurine that my phone's sitting on right now. I had like two, a full keyboard, and a smaller keyboard stacked on top of it and I just hung out in the back and, and then I started singing some songs but I had this background in doing piano bars so when when they started getting requests I was like you know what I could sing that actually and they're like oh, okay so let's try it and then I started singing more and more lead and I, I've always had this this idea that I could be a front man but I, I was always stuck behind a, a, a keyboard and wasn't totally comfortable walking around the stage and then I go into Guitar Center as I'm starting to sing more lead with Taylor and I see the keytar. <laughs> and I'm like, this, this might be what I need to grow. And it's been so great. I, literally, I, I'm, a, I'm a new man now with that keytar. The keytar is his wingman. It is. Yeah, it totally is. I needed, I needed that keytar to get me away from that keyboard stand in the corner of the stage, you know? <laughs> Listen, I think... Tell the truth. Were you probably the first guy on Broadway to bring the keytar to, uh, to light? There, there, was, there was a guy at Mellow Mushroom that I saw one time playing a keytar, <laughs> but he was still sitting in a chair. I was like, oh, oh that's no good. No. <laughs> 
So explain the keytar because yeah, basically it, it looks kind of like a, an electric guitar. I wear it around my neck with a strap, and it's hanging on my side. But it's a keyboard with with a, a handle like a like a guitar neck almost. And on that handle, I can bend the pitch and I can make it go a little, uh, have some tremolo things like that. But I can run around. I put a wireless yeah. pack on it, and and I jump around with this keytar, and I can roam around the stage, go up to see, see Seth on guitar or Brandon on bass, or go play by Keith on drums and uh, move around a little bit and mostly play one-handed or I, sometimes I'll put both hands in front of me and play. We, yeah. you, you, it is insane. <laughs> it, I cannot wrap my brain around it because you are like wailing and like looking over this way and doing your thing or interacting with the crowd or whatever. And then your other hand is just going crazy playing like the, the Well, guitar. yeah, he's holding the I microphone. Yeah, and you're not holding the microphone. He's holding it and yes. playing with his yeah. other hand. Yeah. It, yeah. I'm like, how is he? That is multitasking at its finest. <laughs> I've been playing piano my whole life, so really I don't have to look at my hands yeah. to play it anymore. It's so second nature to me. I'd Actually, in college, a lot of times I'd go down to the practice rooms in the basement of my dormitory. They had these practice rooms with pianos. And it, at night, if I was just felt like relaxing and, this is, and, and practicing, I would just turn the lights off and it would be pitch black in this basement and I was just playing the piano in the dark really, and just really getting good at like playing without knowing where my hands are and just going by touch and feel and moving around. Zen type stuff. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is crazy. I don't know how you move around and find your place. That's that's why he's a master at it. I think the first time I saw a keytar was, uh, remember the Devo crack that whip? Uh, <laughs> so we Googled, yeah. we Googled the video. So we had to Google it. And it looks like a rocket. Is it in the video? I got to look it up. Yes, you have yeah. to I don't know it. if it's really a keytar, it but is a, it is a like keyboard. A, what do you call those things? It's not an accordion. It's but not, but it looks that. It's like a pseudo yeah. keyboard that they put a strap around and not necessarily <laughs> with, the, with the handle on it. Yeah. But it was pretty close. Yeah. Honestly, if the, the, the newest Roland model that I just bought, if they came out with it just a few months before I bought it, if it wasn't so slick and didn't have as great a sounds as it has, I probably wouldn't have gotten it uh, because a lot of them do look a little dorky and they don't have the great, very good sounds. But this one in particular, Roland really knocked it out of the park with this one. It's like all black keys and like that black sleek design yeah. and the, the, the sounds that it makes are really quite nice. And so I was like, I got to get it. It's, it's kind of what run. I need to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Home run. Totally. Budget move. Yeah, you don't want to be stuck behind keyboards. <laughs> yeah, Home not front. anymore. I can't even imagine it anymore. That is I, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love it. Well, before we move on to some more current things, wanted to chat a little bit about your cool experiences in Nashville, being uh, on the Nashville TV show and, and oh, spending yeah. time on the Grand Ole Opry stage. Can you tell yeah, us? Yeah, the Grand Ole Opry. That? I that's, I yeah. How many artists can say that? Exactly. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, being out with Jared uh, as his keys player provided a lot of opportunities. You mentioned some of the gr- big, awesome artists that we got to open for. Um, and share the stage with I mean we got to play for tens of thousands of people um, and so that was such an incredible opportunity being out with him and one of those cool things that I got to do with Jared was play the Grand Ole Opry and we did it 
about, I think it was five or six times when I was with him. Great. Um, wow. So many great acts every night. You know, any night that we were there, it was always so wonderful to see all the acts that got to play. The first time I played the Grand Ole Opry, though, I was rescued by this guy, Reggie, who plays for Lee Bryce. He just got, got done, and uh, he was walking up to me. Or maybe he just came to me before the show, because I imagine we played before Lee Bryce. But Reggie was like, do you know how to uh, hear yourself if you're playing that piano? And I was like, no, I, this is my first time. He's like, I'll walk out with you. So he came out on stage with me as we were set, set, getting ready to go out. He's like, here's the volume knob. Here's how you do this. Here's how you do that. If it hadn't been for him, we all would have walked out there. Jared would have started the song, and I was, and I would have just been fumbling around trying to figure it out. And I didn't even think to ask anybody. I just assumed, oh, you just walk out there and start playing. It's going to be right. fine. But thank no sound check. No, no sound, sound check. check. Huh? Yeah. Cold turkey. Nothing. Right. Yeah. So thank. I really thank goodness for Reggie being a great guy and looking out for me. Job, but that's another Reggie. example of of Nashville being incredibly supportive and, and thoughtful of and taking care of each other. Yeah. Who's the uh, go back to the tour real quick? Who's the favorite outside of Jared playing for Jared? You you tour with a lot of big names. Who are some of your favorites? And do you have any good stories? One of my first shows in Nashville with Jared was opening up for the Doobie Brothers. Love at the, the Font- Brothers. At the yeah. Fontanelle, bringing up the Fontanelle again. <laughs> oh, we gotta go. This I know, I know. Well, what are we going to do? Oh, it's closed well. down. Yeah, it's oh. closed down. They're not doing. Uh, recently, maybe a few months ago now, maybe a year ago at this point. But yeah, they bought it. They shut it all down. They're trying to figure out maybe what to do with that property. It's pretty unique. They had a bed and breakfast and an amp- outdoor amphitheater and Barbara's old house restaurant, all these things going on wow. out there. It's a pretty cool place to work and met a lot of people that way too. But yeah, we, I mean, we opened up for, uh, I think you mentioned Toby Keith. That was a fun one. And Brad Paisley, uh, the biggest venue and biggest show that we played was at Ohio state's football stadium, the Buckeye stadium, uh, oh. the shoe. Yes. <laughs> I grew up She's in Michigan. She's a Michigan girl. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fight in the line eye, uh, but we're not in much competition in any sport. Ah, Big Ten. Good, <laughs> but exactly. you're in the right conference. That's right, that's I'm an right. SEC. I'm a Kentucky. I'm a oh, okay, Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were pretty early in the day. It was like the country, Buckeye country bash or oh, something yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. So I imagine we played for something like 40,000 people because it was wow. still pretty crowded. I mean, it – it, it was uh, us and then uh, Dirks Bentley, uh, Florida Georgia Line, Randy Hauser. So many incredible acts all in one day. Yeah. I do have a good story about meeting Dirks Bentley. He, uh, we were eating lunch backstage, and his whole family was there. And he, he sat next to us, and I told him that I was a piano player. And he turned to his one of his young daughters and said, See, keep practicing that piano, and then so she he made me encourage her to keep practicing <laughs> piano because she and I told her I was like, look, when I was your age, I didn't really care for playing piano, but I got I stuck with it long enough that I could learn any song I wanted and that sort of. I gave her the whole yeah. spiel, okay. and, uh, and then yeah. he paid you later. Just kidding. No. <laughs> he probably loved that. He probably no, he that. did. He was super yeah. kind, and and yeah, we went and saw his, his set after ours later that night, and. He, he came and shook my hand and said, hey, from the stage. And yeah. Yeah, he's a cool guy. That's real cool. Yes. Yeah. So the show Nashville, we, oh, yeah. had to, we had to watch the video. We, we, we were like religious on that show. We, we were. I show. mean, we were those 
we were those fans, the wannabe <laughs> Nashville. We got to live vicariously through the television show. And I made a comment. I'm like, oh, they really did hire really musicians to make it really oh, look yeah. authentic. Totally, totally. And I know they I mean, wrote a lot of the songs too. But. Yes, I uh, I didn't actually play the instrument, and I'm not on the recording. They sent me the recording beforehand and said, listen to this. And I think they sent me one where the piano was panned to one side and the rest of the recording was on the other side so I could have headphones on and really hear the piano part. I think that's what they did. But either way, I had to learn it note for note and, and play it like I was actually playing that piano part. Um, but my keyboard wow. wasn't plugged into anything. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, that's um, how real and authentic they really wanted to make that show because oh, they knew sure. it was an artist show about Nashville yeah. and they, they yeah. dialed that in. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. How'd you get the part? Someone that I played with on Broadway early on in town before I was out with Jared. Uh, her name's Lindsay. She was in the clips with me, the guitar player. She recommended me. I don't, I don't remember how she got the gig, but basically there's like a talent agent that reaches out to you and, and, and asks if you're interested in, in being on the show. And I did three scenes with them. It was like two different episodes, three scenes. And it was a lot, it was fun. I mean, when we had a, a trailer for, the, <laughs> for our crew that was in the, uh, Avery's, Avery's band or yeah. whatever. Oh, Avery. Oh, Avery. <laughs> is that an all-day process to shoot those things like that? Yeah. How does that work? Yeah. Honestly, we were there all day. They fed us. And, but we were only really working for, you know, like an hour out of the day. Is that a paying and, gig or they give you tips? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, great. And one of the best paying gigs. Really? The Opry and, and Nashville are both union gigs. And so you get, uh, you're paid to scale, meaning that they pay you what on on a scale of what the union has set up right not every gig does that i mean obviously there's a lot of gigs in town where you just do whatever they they can give you um but this one they they got to do it by the book and so it's a good yeah. great paying gig yeah that's phenomenal that's cool yeah all right so let's talk about your your new single been on taking my time today tell us yeah. about how that single came about and and your musical influence behind it. And sure. we're so excited for you. Thank you. I'm out working on a new one now, not making money right now and not working. <laughs> it's kind of slowed down the process. That song, Taking My Time Today, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, how, I'm sure you are, How Deep Is Your Love by the Bee Gees. Yep. Mm, of course. I thought that was such a beautiful song, love song that could possibly be a, you know, a little bit more spiritual. Maybe it's a, a love, a higher power love kind of thing. And I wanted to write a love song similar to that. And then I also, it was, it was a genuinely a morning like that where I woke up and hadn't, it didn't have to hurry up to do anything. And the, the song idea came to mind as, as I could hear the birds chirping outside and the sun coming in and developed the song here at my house, the piano behind me. And uh, brought in my band to, to finish it out. I went to my drummer's house and recorded the piano. And, and he helped me with finishing out the lyrics. And yeah, it's, it's, I'm trying to, I was trying to write something that was a little bit more simple. My first record, some of the songs, uh, I've, I, when I wrote them, I was uh, trying a little too hard. You know, this, I wanted something that was a little bit more free and easy. Um, and that was kind of the vibe I was going for with this song. Is this going to kick off an, another album for you? This song? Ideally, yeah. I mean, I haven't recorded the songs yet. I've been writing 
it's just as busy as we are downtown, it's hard to end. And with my voice always being a little tired, um, now is actually the great time with this break from playing downtown. So I was talking to my our guitar player, Seth. We're going to start writing and recording a bunch, hopefully, as long as we can stay healthy. You That's know? right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can, keep, you can keep six feet apart, right? In your That's right, yeah. I'm sure technology, you can probably record in your studio. He can do his thing yeah. in his house. That's kind of how I did taking my time today, actually. Um, but yeah, my my studio isn't, that, isn't set up great for recording yet. Um, yeah. I've got a great music room, great to play in, great to write in. Uh, it's got a good vibe. But I don't have all the, the recording gear yet. So Seth's got a lot of that gear. My my drummer has a lot of that gear. So when I started taking my time today, I went over there. So I have to interact with somebody, unfortunately, if I really want a good record. <laughs> right. Don't cough, sneeze, or spit off. Small, small groups. Small groups. That's right. That's right. We were saying uh, we're doing an a, a online concert this weekend. And we were saying it's going to be less than 10 people. We're making sure everybody knows we're being responsible in our with our concert <laughs> well tell us a little bit about that so it's uh the taylor martin band that yes. we first stumbled upon you march um, 21st eight o'clock saturday yes yep. 8 p.m where can everybody join in on on this well i'll be sharing it on my facebook page ben on music like facebook.com slash ben on music but taylor's going to share it on his page the taylor martin band um so you can check out his facebook page I'm hoping I can figure out a way to embed it in my website. So if you go to benonmusic.com, hopefully you can. If not, there will be a link on my website to the live stream. And I'm also kind of hoping that you don't need a Facebook to watch it. I don't know if that's true or not. Well, well this out. guy doesn't have Facebook. And <laughs> yeah. this has just been coming up for him because with everything going on, everything's being, you know, a lot of cool things are happening there. And yeah, so like, yeah, you're going to yeah. have to suck it up and do it. Or that's where all the music is. Go on yours. Let's go on hers. Just use mine or <laughs> yeah. screen share or whatever. But so obviously the reason you're having this concert is because of everything that's going on with the coronavirus. And, yeah. and right away, we were thinking about, I can't even imagine how hard this is hitting Broadway and all of you artists yeah. and, and bartenders and waitresses and everyone who depends on Broadway. What can we do besides attend your virtual concert on Saturday? And I saw that you had a little Venmo set up. That's mm -hmm. very smart. Perfect. Love it. Yeah. We're all over it, everybody. What else can we do to support you all at this time? Well, I have some merchandise on my website. I'm out of extra large t-shirts, but if you are patient, <laughs> I'll, they'll be on back order for a little bit. But yeah, there's there, people can buy merch, even something as simple as streaming on Spotify and YouTube plays. And while we don't make much money from those platforms, every little bit counts. And, and really those virtual tip jars that everyone's posting on these, these live streams is, are really gonna help. I, um, I think we're gonna start, we started a GoFundMe maybe uh, for our band. I think there's someone trying to get a, uh, a GoFundMe going for all of Nashville where, uh, they can kind of disseminate all the funds that they raise to all the musicians in town. Um, so you can, you can check out some GoFundMes. It's, it's so unique. But the thing is, like, obviously, we're, we're so appreciative of anybody that is willing and able to help us. But so many other people are hurting, too. So it's kind of it's tough right. because sure. the hotel industry, restaurant industry, 
you travel, all, all travel industries are, are struggling right now. So we get it and everyone's, you know, worried financially and all that. So we're, we're appreciative of everyone, anyone willing and able, but we want people to still tune into our concerts, whether they can virtually tip us or not, uh, because we just, a big part of that, what this has done for us as musicians has also helped us get back to why we're doing music, uh, because people need music, people want music. We need to make music for ourselves, and we're realizing that more and more. As, we, as you take it away, you start to realize how much you really you need that outlet as a musician. So it is, it is about just listening and hanging, hanging in there with us and doing what you can. But yeah, may keep, keep enjoying the music. Right. I told my sales team today, I'm like, guess who's playing online tomorrow or Saturday night? Remember that band we saw? <laughs> That's right. Here's the deal. So uh, I'm going to get them all on and send them awesome. a link Thank and you. Uh, spread the word for sure. Yeah, that's great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, before we close, we want to hear, you know, everybody needs to check out your Taking My Time Today single. Thank you. Um, but what's next for you? For yeah. <laughs> I'm uh I'm working on a new song right now with Seth. It's actually a funk song kind of. It's fun, upbeat. Kind of uh took a a cue from Eric Clapton a little bit and and Bob Marley's uh I shot the sheriff with that signature riff dancing around and then every every chorus ends with that signature riff. And ideally I'll keep writing and recording and and we'd like to get on tour again a little bit. It'll either be with with Taylor and the guys, or I'll be going out and doing my own thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, but really, for now, being in town is great because, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we're gonna have a baby boy in May, and uh, don't want to miss quick. that. It's, it's coming, coming quick. quick. <laughs> exactly. So I don't want to miss that. Obviously, uh, stage of our lives. It'd be not, it'll be nice to be in town for that. Um, but eventually I'd like to get back on the road. Um, there's something wonderful about traveling to a new place and playing music for on a new stage for new yeah. people. The thing is about Nashville is there's always new people, which is nice. Yeah. On Broadway, the the road comes to you, you know. <laughs> that is the truth. That is so <laughs> yeah. funny. Instead of taking your show on the road, you just yeah. come to the show comes to you. Yeah. yeah the road exactly. comes to you, I mean. Exactly, oh. yeah. I do want to kind of get into everybody talks about genres of music and certainly we've seen you perform and yeah. you know your capabilities, which is off the, off the charts. <laughs> when you, you write music, you know, you mentioned a couple of different influences. Are you just kind of writing what you feel kind of like you talked about, you woke up in the morning and you kind of felt this song and sort of the vibe you want to take based on a BG song. But is it really one of those things you just, whatever comes to you, it doesn't matter really how it comes out and how the form it takes and whether somebody considers it, you know, rock or pop or country. Cause myself, I don't really, as songs good, it's good. I don't care what, what yeah. kind of category you want to put it in. Is that really sort of what artists go for these days or somebody in your position of writing music? I think, it, I think it depends on the artist. You know, a lot of people try and stick to one genre, but I, I try and I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I think if it's a good song, it's a good song. And I really do kind of just write as I feel. I like all genres of music. I like, I love country music. I love funk music. I love rock music. I love singer songwriters, pop music even. And I've got a lot of musical background. You know, I, 
was a choir teacher. So I did a lot of musical theater growing up and I'm sure that is in, you can hear that in my voice and my singing and playing and you know Freddie Mercury kind of theatrical music so it makes sense that I love doing Queen yeah as much as I do and um I don't know when I write I'm, I'm I am trying to get, actually get better about having a reference track because my first record especially and even a little bit in taking my time today I really just wrote some words and then I sat at the piano and thought what kind of music would complement these words whereas now i'm trying some new writing methods and one of them is find a song that i like dissect that song a little bit and uh try and uh write something with that similar feeling you know so yeah i've kind of heard uh some artists either like they write the melodies first mm -hmm. the song or write the lyrics so it sounds like you almost said the lyrics first before you sat down on the piano. I always, Is that always typical have. for you? Yeah. Yes, I always have. But now I'm, I'm going to try and experiment a little bit more with, with going the other way. Um, I think it'll only make me a better songwriter. So What the heck? Try something. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. Got some time yeah. on your hands. Can't go wrong. Yeah, Let's do it. Totally. Maybe pick totally. up a guitar while you're at it. Just change it all been. up. There I have go. been. I've been, I've been I've strumming the guitar. I'm like... But the thing is, every time I try and learn work on my on guitar, I get so frustrated because I'm like, I can just play this on the piano and like with my eyes closed. Why am I yeah. working so hard in the dark? Exactly. With one hand. <laughs> yes. No kidding. That is a little exactly. Like, yeah. It's like closing your eyes shooting free throws. That's right. That's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Well, thank you so much, Benad. Yeah, thank you um, for having me. You mentioned your Facebook page. Is there are there any other um, places? people yeah. can, can find you and connect with you i'm on instagram uh facebook twitter i've got a website all of it except for twitter is ben on music um b-e-n-a-n music my twitter someone already has been on music they don't use it, it i was like it's unbelievable and i'm oh. the only one that ever that follows them or messages it. them i'm like give me can i have your handle like i just every year or something i send them a message so on Twitter, I'm Gentle Ben on. Oh. Gentle Ben on. <laughs> <laughs> Who'd have thought? Who is Ben on? He know. saw you one night. He saw you one night. So I better get that Twitter That's handle because right. this guy's gonna yeah. be famous. Yeah. He's gonna be calling me, paying for it. Unbelievable! I he won't respond to me even what like the thing uh, is. I looked up. I looked up Benon.com when I and uh, someone did own it, and I asked them if I could buy it, and I was like, "How's like a hundred dollars?" And they were like. Uh, how about forty thousand dollars? And I was like, "Bye, see ya." Okay, bye. <laughs> forty grand. That's okay. Yeah. That's music. a lot of keytars for forty grand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you for all your time. Hey, thank you guys. Um, we can't wait to see you next time. That's right. Thank Everybody, you. go check them out. Thanks so much. Thanks, y'all. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the B-Side Podcast. If you like what you hear, share the podcast and hit the subscribe button so you get updates on all new episodes. And we love feedback, so ratings and reviews are appreciated.